Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Welcome in to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host for the evening, Matthew Betts, joined as always by my good friend out there on the West Coast, not the best coast, Matt Okada. Mm. Uh, how are you doing tonight, my man? Highly debatable, first of all. Actually, it's not even really highly debatable. The West Coast is clearly the best coast. Um, eh. mm, you don't even live on the coast. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> uh I will say this, Betts. But we we do projects at the NFL Network, you know, with, in the research department. We do these big projects, and we'll put together these packets for all different kinds of things: training camp packets, draft packets, you name it. And we put together packets for retirements of players. And today, my boss said to me, sat me down, and said, "Matt Okada, actually, is what he calls me. We have decided to assign you to begin prepping the Tom Brady retirement document." <gasps> no. Yes. And I said, what do you mean? So I'm now working on that. It means absolutely nothing, just so you're aware. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's, it, that's all you're going to say? It, no, we're just getting way ahead of the curve. So I spent about four hours today filling up a document with how great Tom Brady is, which just really made my day great. And then I got stuck in traffic for an hour and 40 minutes on the way home and got sassed by you and our guest. So, you know, <laughs> now I'm back down to normal. Yeah, living that that uh, California life there with the traffic. Yep. Uh, I get mad if I have to wait five minutes at a stoplight here where I live. So <laughs> uh, we are not the same on, on that. Uh, you mentioned our guest, which was a fantastic segue. You must be doing this mm. podcast thing for a while now. A bit. Um, we are super, super excited to be joined tonight by Kate. Oh, I forget how to say your name, Kate. <laughs> you practiced. Bro, I made an urban dictionary definition so that well, you Say it again. Know. Say it again. Majuk. Majuk. Yeah. Which yeah. reason I froze and I wanted to say the, the D, Majuk. I didn't yeah. want to say that, but in my head I did. Anyway, we better got than Kate. Siri. She's got uh Kate Magziak. <laughs> yes, pronouncing it with each letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway, we are joined by Kate of the Ball Blast podcast. Kate, how are you this evening? Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I'm sorry, I gave my away I, I gave myself away during your little intro there because I I think I gasped when when I heard the Tom Brady retirement yeah. packet. That is wild. That is so fun. Um, I'm doing awesome. I feel like we have to acknowledge a little something amongst the group, though. Like, mm. like for the listeners, mm. should we should we talk about this? We have to. Now is a good time. All you right, go ahead guys. And, you go ahead and explain so, the situation. All right. So we. Uh, this is actually take two because I am a royal screw up. <laughs> like screw up is putting this very nicely. So this is take two last night, last night. So tonight is Thursday, uh, Wednesday night. We recorded a fire, fire mm. episode for you guys. So hot. So hot. So it, hot. Was, it was so spicy, but guess what? Uh, I didn't record any of my audio. So these two buffoons were literally just talking to themselves <laughs> for about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, just, just cause my audio stream wasn't recording. Um, and I'm a true professional at this. So this is take two, the, the best take 
obviously. Um, but I'm excited because this is a, lo- a, a long time coming. It, this is like 36 hours in the making here. And I feel like we've uh, we, we got it right on take one. I can't imagine how take two is going to go. Mm. Well, they say practice makes perfect. So I'm considering that what we did last night is going to be even better uh, tonight for sure. Uh, we have to let the listeners in on the situation that unfolded last night. So we're going to derail from actual any, you know, fantasy content here. Kate, <laughs> just fill us in on your evening last night, please. All right. So, so I get in, I, I get into my little makeshift recording studio here and we record this fire episode um, as literally as we're recording, um, my beautiful wife, Michelle Majuk, ball blast him on Twitter. If you haven't, if you haven't followed her yet, you got to. Um, my beautiful wife walks into the room, um, frantically starts waving her arms. Um, and that's just about 10 minutes after I got a, a mysterious email from her in all caps that said, you've got to come downstairs right now. And I, oh, I no. emailed her back and I, I was like, well, first of all, it's not an emergency because who emails in an emergency? Who um, emails at all anymore? Let's be e- honest. Like who emails, you know, right? We can't and just let that go. Why was she emailing you? <laughs> it turns out her phone died, which like that just uh, adds fuel to the story. So uh, I get it. this email from her and I, of course, I email her back because like, what else am I going to do here? And I'm like, what's up? You know, like what's going on casually? Um, and finally she trudges in here and she frantically waves her arms. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. So um, I slide her over my phone and, and I try to mouth while we're doing the podcast last night, guys, was I cool or what? Like I kept yes, it cool. Very um, I slide her my phone. She slides me the phone back after frantically typing. And it says in all caps with like 30 exclamation marks, there is a live bird flying around our house <laughs> for the last hour. And I have to keep it cool as we're wrapping up the show. I'm like, Oh my God. And, and, Michelle is just staring at me. She's like, you have to come help me. And I'm like, I can't come help you. Like, we're recording. <laughs> so I kept my cool. We finished the show. And then I realized the show didn't record. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. And then right after that, like, I had to trap the bird. We, we got, like, a pot and pan. I caught the bird after, like, 20 minutes of, like, poking it with a broom, and then it would fly away. Like, it was the most ridiculous thing. I walked down the stairs, right, because we record upstairs. I walked down the stairs. Our furniture, I swear to God, there wasn't a single bookcase in place. Like, the kitchen table was pushed up against a wall. There were chairs everywhere. Like, it looked like a scene from Tornado. I Like, I don't know what happened. Some end-of-the-world thing. I, it was absolutely bizarre. You would have thought she was like trying to barricade the doors for like zombies <laughs> or something. It was just a bird. Um, my dog ended up like licking it on the head and it got too scared and I was able to trap it with a. It was ridiculous, guys. Oh, and I hope what this is worth it. Um, and then we had to go record the Fantasy Tilt podcast, which was also awesome. But holy mo, it was like the whole, whole evening was just on acid. It, it was very weird. So I hope this is worth it. I hope. I hope we make your time worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> please be let's worth just it. double check. Kate, are you recording right now? I am recording. Okay, excellent. <laughs> are there any birds in your house right now? <laughs> Not that I know of, but I may get an email shortly. So let's get, oh, like we got to yeah. get going. Make sure you have your email open, ready to go, just in <laughs> oh, case any man. important messages come across. Uh, obviously, the most, like, uh, 911, I, I said to myself, like, does 911 operate on email? Like, what if she had an emergency? Like, <laughs> 
This is the ridiculous stuff I'm thinking of, and I I don't know what to I, I don't know what to think anymore. Wow. So let's think about fantasy. That is okay. We got to move on, but I just have to say that is a low key big problem that I have not considered with our complete lack of like landlines now in our houses. Yes. If our phones die and something bad happens, we can't call nine one one. Yes. This like, is awful. <laughs> help me. What is happening to the world? Oh, boy. We are eight minutes in, and we are way <sighs> off the rails, so I can't story, wait for the though. rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, so that's what that's what happened last night. So we are back. We are back for round two. Um, we are going to go ahead and basically try to give you an even better episode tonight. You guys think we can do it? Oh, Easily. absolutely. Professionals, bets. Okay, before we do that, just uh, let our... Let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter. I think you mentioned your wife. Uh, where can they find you? And then also tell us where we can find your awesome podcast. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. Um, we are available pretty much anywhere you can think of to get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Podbean, you name it, you got it. Spotify. If I am not on your preferred platform, please DM me and yell at me, and I will fix it. I promise. We are worth the listen. Ball blast, one word, B-A-L-L-B-L-A-S-T. We'll blast your balls. Go listen. Boom. This is a great podcast. I can confirm it is worth (laughs) a listen uh, every week. Subscribe and check them out. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and kick it over to the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, Oh, that's good news. All right, so just last week, Okada, we were talking about uh, one big-time running back who came out saying that he is planning to hold out of training camp if he doesn't get a new deal. That, of course, was Melvin Gordon. Uh, It's a copycat league. This week, we've got Ezekiel Elliott saying that he potentially could be doing the same thing if he doesn't get a new deal uh, before the season starts. For me, I'll I'll just kind of give you my thoughts here quick. For me, I'm not worried really about Zeke because of the fact that there is this um, difference between the two in Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke is under contract through 2020. He has to report by August 6th or he loses a year towards free agency eligibility, uh, which is big time for you know leverage and negotiation. So I've got him at 101. I'm not changing that at all. Uh, despite this news. Okada, let's kick it to you. Uh, Are you worried about this? And if so, are you adjusting your ranks of Zeke? I am not, and I am not, is the answer to both those questions, Bets. There is no way he holds out of any part of the real season, and I don't even think he holds out of much, if any, of camp. I think this is a quote-unquote stunt because all the other big running backs are either getting paid or holding out. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm big. I'm a running back. What about me? Because he's a a straight fool (laughs) is what he is. Because he's so needy. A goon. He's so needy. I am not a fan of Zeke. So every offseason we have to deal with something. This season it's two somethings. The now blown over potential suspension problem and now this and yeah, I'm I'm done with his sass off the field, but unfortunately, I'm not done with his fantasy production because it is top notch and he's still my RB one. Kate, let's kick it to you. Same question: Are you concerned? And if you are, are you going to adjust your rankings accordingly? I'm a little concerned just because of the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of money to shell out, and I don't know that they have it all. So they're going to have to make some sort of adjustment. Um, they're going to have to find some room in their cap space if they do want to 
keep Dak, if they want to keep Amari Cooper, which I know they do, um, if they want to keep Zeke, they're going to have to find the money somewhere. Am I worried that this actually holds Zeke out? No. Does it peg him down in my rankings? Maybe a spot because it's so annoying. Stop being annoying, Zeke. Just punish him a little bit. <laughs> yes. It's not that he's not going to be uh, a top fantasy running back. I actually have CMC as my running back one. Zeke is a very close second. Um, and he deserves to be second because he's so annoying. But he's he's an amazing talent. The pass catching upsides there, I don't think he holds out at all. I think he just, I, I think he needs some love. Let's show him some love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Zeke, suck it up, dude. Stop being annoying. Okay, let's kick it over to the next piece of news here. Uh, we're going to talk about another running back, one that I think Kate might have some words for us here, Okada, on. Ooh. We are talking about Mr. Derrick Henry. And the reason for that is the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, has come out and said the team is planning to ride their contract year running back. Of course, that is Derrick Henry. Um, for me... I've just heard it one too many times and I've I've been burned. So I try not to be burned year to year and let me, you know, carry over those feelings uh, from year to year. But it's hard when they've said it so many times and it just hasn't happened. Um, Kate, you're a Derrick Henry believer for this season, at least. Tell us your thoughts on the situation here. All right. So I actually, I, and this is something that I did last night after the podcast. So this is actually something new that was not on last night's podcast. I, I went back through all of his offseason reports from 2018, from the 2018 offseason. Because you know what? I was like, why wasn't I high on him last year? I wasn't high on him. I didn't draft him in a single league. Not to brag. And it, it's not actually a humble brag because... Um, I'm very annoyed that everybody got burned on him and nobody is taking the signs that, that he's going to have a better season this year because of the fact that he got burned. I was like, why was everybody so high on him? And I came up with a theory. Every single person wanted him to be something that Tennessee wasn't ready to commit to him being. So when I'm looking through all of these offseason reports last year, you know what I saw? I saw Derrick Henry should lead the league in, or lead the the Titans in rushing attempts. Yeah, he did that pretty pretty easily. He did that. Mm. Um, it, it all the fine print says Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry are one A and one B. That is a little bit different than riding Derrick Henry in his contract year. Those that's very different to me. Right? Everybody's like, yeah, we've heard this story before. Did we hear this story before or did we want to hear this story before? So I've officially got on the boat that I think that I think we created the narrative that he was about to be a workhorse back. I don't think the Titans did because everything I read, he said, yeah, they're, he's going to lead the team in carries. Of course, he's like a he's like a, a giant, massive dude. Of course, he's going to lead the team in carries. But did we create the narrative that he's going to be a workhorse? Because when I read through all these offseason reports, I really think the fantasy community did. And, of course, we're going to want him to run the ball. He's a talented former Heisman Trophy winner. Like, he's a he's a boat. Like, he, he just plows through <laughs> teams. So, aside from that, like, there was a, there's a lot of, you know, variables. There's a lot of metrics that I'm looking at. He's explosive. Um amazing and avoiding tackles like the dude just can't be taken down he's strong right 
Um, another thing that that came to light in my in my offseason research is this talk that Derrick Henry had with former Titans running back Eddie George. Um, he he said the talk came, I think, just the week before the bye. Um, and he literally said, like, this dude was very critical of his work. He um, I think the the phrasing he used was that uh, Derrick Henry was like running with dead legs when he was plowing through these lines, right? That is not something a running back wants to hear. Not if you're trying to get yards after contact, not if you're trying to sustain tackles and um, withstand tackles. That's not what a running back wants to hear, especially a man of his size who does have the power and the strength physically. You like, you need the mental power there. So Derek Henry said after that, he, he sort of got a kick in the butt there that said like, man, I, I do need to finish this. I need to finish this job. Like I need to finish these, these rushing attempts with all I got. Cause I'm playing for my job. And it, it genuinely seems like he came to realize that. And guess what? Before the buy right around that time of that talk, he was averaging uh 2.79 yards after contact per attempt after the bye week weeks uh, eight through 16, 5.12 yards after contact per attempt. You know who led the league with 4.47 yards after contact per attempt? Nick Chubb. And nobody, nobody's discounting his, his big 90 yard run in that. So I think we got to take a better look at Derek Henry. And I think we need to evaluate the signs that Tennessee has given us because when I'm looking back, I don't think they were there last year. I think we, I think we like tried to self fulfill this prophecy that I, I don't think was there. I don't know. Revelation. Yeah. Listen, if you're an offensive coordinator and you want to ride a running back in his contract year, it would probably be helpful if that running back was six foot three, two hundred and forty seven pounds, and you could actually jump mm-hmm. on his back. And ride him through an <laughs> offensive line. Quite this, literally. Literally. This guy is a monstrosity and not a lumbering slow monstrosity. If you know, it, it doesn't take much tape watching to know what Derrick Henry can do. Go and watch. And overall, you don't want to like highlight fish when you're, when you're watching a player. But if you just want to see what he can do, go watch the run against the Jaguars where he goes 99 yards and stiff-arms 70 Jaguars defenders into their graves. And tell me how many other running backs in the NFL could have done that. Like, and stay in bounds, too, because he was he was sort of running towards the outside on that. He was, and he juked a couple guys. He stiff-armed a couple guys. I mean, I, I could probably count on one hand the number of running backs who could actually pull off what he did on that play. But for some reason, we just haven't seen it translate over a long period of time consistently. And I think that it could be a little bit of what Kay brought up with the mental block. Maybe he just wasn't really thinking straight because we know this guy has talent. Like like you said, Kate, he won the Heisman Trophy. This He has a whole bunch of talent that we have not seen over a full season to the point where we can count on him as an RB1. And I think if we finally see them give him the carries that he should be getting, which is 15 plus a game, because with a body like this, the more carries you give him, the more efficient he's going to be. And the more he's going to destroy defenses in the later parts of games when you're trying to win, we're, we're, we could see him finally do it. We could see him finally break out. And by the way, everyone's talking about his complete inability as a pass catcher. We, I, from what I've seen, he's not incapable as a, as a pass catcher. He's, he's not just Jordan not Howard. Correct. Yeah. He is capable 
as much at least as a Leonard Fournette type of player who has averaged something like three receptions a game. S yeah, same thing capable. coming out of college. Yeah, people said he wasn't capable, but he can catch the ball. So if they throw the ball to him, listen, he's six yards away from the quarterback as a running back. It's not that hard. He can catch balls. He is a guy who has top five upside, certainly RB1 upside. There is risk because, like Betts has said, we haven't really seen it, but there is a whole bunch of upside that we probably need to look a little bit further into. And I appreciate Kate doing it because now I'm going to hop on that and <laughs> bake it into my rankings. Oh, my God. You should you should hop into my, my mentions on Twitter because people are really not happy about this take, and I literally think it's like they were burned, and I get it. I've been burned yep. by fantasy players. I've been... I've been burned in these situations. I just think that if if we're being in tune with with what the team and what the coaches are saying, this isn't just June off off you know off season speak. It's it's been since the end of the 2018 NFL season. We've been hearing the same thing. We're gonna ride Derrick Henry. We're gonna funnel the offense through Derrick Henry. Why do we believe it for every other nothing player? this time of year, but we've been hearing this for Derrick Henry for five months and we won't hear a word of it. Yeah, it's it's time. It's time to, to put up our shut up for the entire Titans offense, honestly. Mike, Marcus Mariota, mm. yep. um, Corey Derrick Davis. Henry. Corey Davis, yep. Qu yeah, <laughs> quick, quick stat here, courtesy of our friend uh, Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. When the Titans give Derrick Henry more than 10 carries per game and Marcus Mariota plays, the Titans win 82% of their games. They might want to give this guy the ball. That <laughs> That's work. a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. It's um, a lot of wins. And you know what? Like, I actually saw a lot of comments when you tweeted that out. And a lot of them were basically like, yeah, of course, when there's a good game strip, they're, they're going to give him the ball. But um, I actually looked up his, his sort of carry splits when, um, when he's getting the ball, they're actually tied or leading the majority of the time. So it's not like they're, uh, or, sorry, tighter, tighter um, behind. Trailing. Most yep. of, trailing, yeah, most of the time. I'm trying to find the percentages here. 21.8% um, uh, of carries while tied, 41.7% of carries while trailing. Only 34% of uh, Derrick Henry's carries were actually while they were leading. Might have something to do with the fact that the Titans don't, typically have the lead ouch sorry <laughs> oh you hate to see it's it it's just the truth it's just the truth honesty oh, is man. important but <laughs> it's it's just something to be noted like you you can't make the argument that the titans never lead while also saying that like yeah they they only give derrick henry the ball when they lead like it it just doesn't it doesn't match up for me i again i agree put up or shut up this is my last year um I wasn't on the Derrick Henry train before. This is going to be his one chance. I'll die on the hill this season. That's it. Don't screw it up, Derrick. This is your one chance. <sighs> he knows, he knows what's on the line. I'll talk to, to him. He sees everything you ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough Derrick Henry talk for the evening. Um, Okada, let's get over into a little bit of injury news here. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case for loving you. All right, Betts. So we got a couple quick hits we're going to do on, from the same team, two players, Emmanuel Sanders and Philip Lindsay. So Manny Sanders telling reporters he's definitely not going to be a full go from the jump at the start of training camp, which actually has started now because uh, the Broncos started one of the earliest teams. 
And we also saw some videos of him running around and cut, quote unquote cutting. Uh, what are your thoughts on that briefly? Do you buy into it or are we? can we not really expect too much from Emmanuel Sanders? Well, we should definitely pump the brakes. I mean, the videos that are going around may seem exciting on the surface and it is good to see him progressing as he should be. But in reality, when you watch those videos in slow-mo, you know, he really isn't pushing off. Uh, of the injured leg as much as the other side. So he's still compensating uh, quite a bit. He still has a ways to go. Um, I would still be uh, very surprised to see him do much in preseason. He's got a chance to be ready for week one, but if I was a betting man, I would not be betting on that. And let's be honest, even if he does play early in the season, that doesn't mean it translates right away into performance on the field. So uh, we know what the data says. We know that the injury uh, is pretty brutal to come back from, especially at older aged players. Uh, so for me, definitely off of Manuel Sanders this year, uh, despite the exciting videos going around social media. All right, Kate, one basic question for you. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Emmanuel Sanders, when they are all on the field, so we're going to assume Manny is healthy, who do you want for fantasy? I'm taking Deshaun first, upside always, and he's essentially undrafted. We saw a lot of nice flashes last last season. Cortland Sutton, I will take second mm. um, because I his metrics weren't great last season, but again, he was a rookie that stepped into some very, very large shoes, right? Like yes. we, I think we all fell into that rookie trap last season where we thought like, oh my God, I picked Cortland Sutton up off the waiver wire. Um, Demarius Thomas was traded. Then uh, Manny Sanders tears his Achilles. Like we thought we struck gold and we forgot that Cortland Sutton was a, a rookie wide receiver. So he has definitely got room to grow. But Manny Sanders, he is actually like, uh, is he the most highly drafted? Like, I'm pretty sure. Um, He'll sorry, probably he's going be climbing. One, he's going one round later. Just one round later than Cortland Sutton. And he is an old man coming off an Achilles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Savage. I'm, I'm not taking that combination. Because, you know, I was all over Manny Sanders last year. He did wonders. Wonders for the, the teams I got him in. But... I think more than anything, that man is a decoy in 2019. Yeah, I do not disagree at all. So we it can hurts move right me to on. say it. <laughs> yeah, it's sad for him. Well, especially sad for you because he's an ex-stealer. I'm sure you have some some nice attachment to him. Yeah, and he's like he hasn't been like a bitter stealer. Like we haven't no. we haven't seen like this angry man. He's been he's been cordial. So I don't I don't mind him. All right, so the other Bronco in the news is Philip Lindsay, and now he says he'll be 100% at the start of training camp, so the exact opposite of Emmanuel Sanders, and his injury had nothing to do with his running parts. Uh, so, Betts, any concern at all with Lindsay heading into 2019? No, not at all. This is very similar to the injury of David Johnson from just a couple of years ago. Uh, he came back well, no issues with ball security, or catching the football. So for Philip Lindsay, this is really a non-issue. And actually, uh, with them starting training camp today, he did get most of the first-team reps. I saw a report of that. So um, green light for me. Uh, he should be full go, ready to roll week one. All right, Kate, Lindsay is getting drafted a lot higher than Royce Freeman, something like three to four rounds higher. Who do you uh, want at their value right now? So... I will say this, whenever I have sort of like a 50-50 toss-up like this, especially at the running back position, 
I will always take the guy that is drafted later, especially when he's being drafted four rounds later. I'm going with Royce Freeman here, and it's because I think the mm. split could be closer than we're expecting. Um, I know training camps started. I know Lindsay's ready, but uh, Royce Freeman, he he was able to sort of showcase himself. Like I, We have to remember, we drafted this guy in the third round last season, and it's because his tape was fantastic. He saw... Um, we saw a lot of potential in him as a running back. He's got the the draft capital. I think that um, Denver's got a lot to prove with their drafts, right? Like they've busted on some picks. They need to showcase that that they know how to draft guys, and not um, not that pulling a guy mm. an undrafted free agent into the the pool and having him produce like that isn't isn't an accomplishment, but you can't bust on more picks, right? You've got to give this opportunity to Royce Freeman to showcase what he can do. Um, and it's, it's not like he's a, a bad looking running back. Like we, we really like his tape. I think he just gets a little bit more opportunity this year. Um, maybe a little bit of touchdown upside. So I'll, I'll take him when he's being drafted as the RB 37. Give me that. Yeah. I don't disagree there either. I have their rush splits at 55-45% last or uh, right now. I actually just updated them last night after our podcast because we talked about this. And I think they can be a very, very light version of the Saints. The thunder and lightning of Ingram and Kamara. Except that Freeman is basically as good, I think, as Ingram. And Lindsay is nowhere near as good as Kamara. So it it's probably... It's feather light. It's feather yeah. light. Lindsay is feather light for sure and <laughs> he, he and, might blow away as we speak yeah he certainly might and Kamara makes a lot of his hay off unbelievable touchdown scoring ability and Lindsay was solid in that for sure but Kamara is super elite so if he doesn't get the touches Lindsay that that is of an RB1 if he's really splitting with Freeman I think that he doesn't return value while Freeman does so I'm on board there all right, before we head into our main segment, which is bounce back candidates, ooh, oh. let's hear quickly from the ultimate draft kit of the fantasy footballers. Drafts are coming up. It's draft season pretty much, guys. And we are partnering again with Andy, Mike, and Jason and their fantastic ultimate draft kit. It is the premier draft tool industry guaranteed to help you dominate your draft. You can get the ballers' projections in there, all their rankings, uh, rookie breakdowns, sleepers, breakouts, busts, Matt Harmon's reception perception, Matthew Betts's injury reports, Woo-hoo. which get referenced on the podcast if you have not heard. Oh, all that the guy's time. awesome. Yeah. Very attractive <laughs> and smart. Uh, to purchase the Ultimate Draft Kit, you can get a discount 10% off with our code REDSHIRTS, and you can go straight to redshirtsudk.com to do that. So it's a win win. Go do it. I have my draft kit. There you go. Why do we force? So that we can learn to pick ourselves up. All right. Let's let's talk bounce back, guys. Listen. Balls bounce. Ball blast podcast. Bounce back candidates. You guys are seeing the connection here, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna right, blast so- your balls with my bounce back candidates. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to put on some protection then because I don't want to lose them. (laughs) But let's start with you, Kate. Bounce back candidates. So these could be guys who are coming back from injury. They might have just had a little bit of a down year. Hit us with your number one. All right. My number one bounce back candidate 
is currently being drafted as the quarterback 21. 21. Do you know who that is? Sir I, Kirk Cousins. You oh. Do, you do know, because oh we might have reviewed this last night. I know. It's shocking. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. <laughs> that is brand new information. Yes, Kirk Cousins is my bounce back candidate of 2019. So we're looking at a guy who finishes a, cor- a quarterback five in 2016, quarterback six, 2017, quarterback 13 in 2018. And yet y'all are dropping him to the quarterback 21 when you are drafting his wide receivers, two of them in the top 15 of your fantasy football drafts. You are drafting his running back as a top 10 running back while citing his pass catching ability. Mm. It does. Mm. The math is wrong here, right guys? Like the math is wrong. No respect for this man. He had what was actually like a career year. Um, Number one out of uh, quarterbacks with 80 or more dropbacks in completion percentage on play action. Uh, Helps to have a nice running back there. Dalvin cook who you're dropping, uh, drafting in the first uh, 10 picks out of your running backs. Um, Number two in completion percentage under pressure, which uh, certainly helps when your offensive line is in shambles. Number two, an adjusted completion percentage accounting for like the throwaways, dropped passes, like when the quarterback gets slammed while he's throwing the ball because his offensive line can't hold up. All of those metrics tell me that he had a really good season, right? Like the dude switched offensive coordinators in a new offensive system. Like it's it's challenging for quarterbacks to switch OCs midseason no matter what because you've got a different guy, you've got a different style, you might not have that sort of rapport with that that new play caller you've got, but at the same time, right? Like he had a he had a very good year. He just had um Adam Thielen paid, he was paid. You've got Stefan Diggs who had one of his healthier seasons. When you look at Kirk Cousins, the biggest outlier for 2018 was his yards per completion. He averaged around maybe a yard and 1.3 yards or 1.5 yards um, per per completion less than his career average. Um, if I literally copy and paste his stat line from 2018 and I, I just superimpose his career average for uh, yards per completion – Guess what? He is the quarterback six last year. That's all it took to make him the quarterback six is just to make one one yard deeper completion on his passes. I I can't say enough about this dude, but he is not finishing below the quarterback 21. I can promise you that. That dude is one of the biggest values in fantasy football right now. Boom. All right. I like it a little bit on, on some level at least, mainly because... My projections for him right now have him as a quarterback 16, which does not sound great, but we Still have talked value. on the pod. Exactly. We, a, we have talked about the pod on the pod about how the quarterback 9-ish through 18, 20-ish are basically the same thing. So 16 is just about as good as a QB1. And two, that is still a value, to your point. So one quick question, then I'll bounce over to Betts. Kate, what is your absolute ceiling for him? QB. I think I can't picture him. I would say QB six is my absolute ceiling for him. That sounds about right. And I like, I think he absolutely has the, the, he hasn't finished above QB five. 
Um, but literally, aside from aside from this one outlier season of QB thirteen, like he had a, a statistical um, outstanding year. I know everybody wants to make the offensive coordinator thing. Like, oh, when they they switched OCs, they they wanted to run the ball more. But guess what? They still paid their wide receiver. They still paid. Um, they still paid Kirk Cousins a lot of guaranteed money. They didn't pay him that to hand a the ball lot. off to Dalvin Cook. All of the guaranteed money. Yes. All of the guaranteed so money. So many guaranteed money. So many guarantees. And guess what? There, like there's dollar bills just flying out of his little <laughs> hand pocket as he's as he's like warming his hands on a road game. Like the the dude did not get paid to just hand the ball off, but I, I do like I, I absolutely see their point. They want to run the ball better because guess what? When you run the ball better, you pass the ball better. You you mm. cannot pass effectively if you do not have an efficient run game. And I I get why they need to establish that. All right, bets. Do you concur? Well, yes and no. I, I I definitely see the point, and I can see why he could bounce back for sure. Um, I was gonna say I think the money has a lot to do with our perception as far as fantasy players mm. and analysts of him. I mean, the contract we just talked about it jokingly, but legitimately was like eighty some thousand uh, million dollars. Excuse me, fully guaranteed. Um, so I think people were w- you know, wanting him to really perform at a high level, and Kate just laid out you know great arguments in terms of stats. Uh, he did play well. I think we were just setting the bar maybe a little bit too high. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins certainly has QB1 weeks for sure. I don't know that he sneaks up um, inside the top 12 this year, but he's done it before, and certainly he's got the the cast to do it there with Thielen and Diggs and Cook, as Kate said. So um, I can definitely buy into this narrative for sure. I think I've got him right around QB21 or so right now, so I'm <sighs> kind of with consensus, but... Um, who knows? Maybe I'll make a little rankings adjustment after this podcast is over. I think that would be smart. Good boy. <laughs> then I will do it. It is done. <laughs> he goes to All 20. Right. Well, Bets, let's let's keep you rolling. Uh, Kate just broke down Kent's favorite quarterback because he's a Vikings fan. But you have on your list your favorite quarterback, at least as far as I know, because he's the quarterback of your favorite team. Oh, yes. That is Carson Wentz. Uh, it is not a secret. I'm not trying to hide it. This is my team and this is my quarterback, but I believe in Carson Wentz's health and his ability to bounce back this season. We've got to start with the injury concerns. And obviously for my take on fantasy, which is largely injury related, I have to talk about that. So for Carson Wentz, you know, it really was uh, an MVP caliber season in 2017, crushing knee injury with the ACL and the LCL injury against the Rams. Um, But in that 2017 season, he finished as a QB2, so outside of the top 12, just twice in his 13 starts. The dude was on fire. Then, of course, last year wasn't quite as good. I think people need to remember that these guys coming off of ACL and other injuries on top of it, so a multi-ligament injury... There's no way he's going to be as mobile as he was in 2017. Um, he wasn't extending plays. If you watch him, he looks like the Statue of Liberty in the pocket. Um, he's not elusive. He's not rushing. Uh, and that really did hurt his fantasy value and his production on the field. Now, another year removed from injury, I expect him to bounce back to what he was doing, at least close to what he was doing in 2017. His pace for rush attempts in that season was 79. Last season was 49. So, huge difference. That's a, a ton of fantasy value there and rushing is fantasy gold and when you look at the cast of characters around him i love the addition of deshaun jackson for what it does for carson wentz 
Um, Deshaun Jackson last year led the league in, in NFL uh, in yards per reception. So if he catches a few deep bombs for a score from Wentz, I mean, that obviously inflates his value there too. So uh, I love Wentz this year. I think he bounces back to a top seven or eight season. Uh, I love his value where he's currently going, which I believe right now is in the ninth round. Ooh, yeah. That I, I can't disagree, honestly. Um, my projections have him somewhere in the 9 to 10 range. My ranking has him at 10. But I think if he's healthy, that's his floor. And Matthew Betts, uh, health expert extraordinaire, has just told me that I can expect him to be healthy. So that's going to be easily his floor. And his ceiling, honestly, is the QB1. So yeah, with a, legitimately. With a, yeah, with a floor of QB10 and a ceiling of number one, that's a guy whose value is definitely above where he's getting drafted. I like it. Kate, how convinced are you by by bets? Um, I actually I, I do think that um, health has been a big concern for me, but um, bets bets has sold me on the fact that these aren't um, these are more sort of isolated injuries, right? I, I think you mentioned on our uh, non-existing podcast yesterday. <laughs> uh, obviously, tearing an ACL does make you more likely to tear an ACL in the future, but but that yes, the back injury itself, um, the kind of back injury he suffered, you said that um, it doesn't. It, it's not like a recurrent um, and nagging back injury. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. The stress fracture uh, is one that develops over time. And my theory behind what was going on here is with Wentz's injured left knee last season coming off of the ACL, um, not really stepping into his throws the way that he normally would creates a lot of increased torque and stress on the lower back. Um, and repeatedly, that can lead to uh, a stress fracture. So if it's handled appropriately the first time, which they did a good job of not playing him through it, um, the re-injury, re-injury risk is very, very low. I like that. And um, per ADP, like I I actually, Okada, I'm, I'm right with you. I have him ranked as my quarterback 10 for 2019. He's currently going as quarterback 9. That's close enough for me where I believe in the ceiling and I'm I'm perfectly happy to take him at that price. I'll take it. All right, you have you've sold us bets yeah. at least to a degree. Accomplishment. Maybe not Team quite Carson as much Wentz. as Kirk Cousins sold the Vikings, but you know. <laughs> oh, hey. All right. I will hop over to my first bounce back and he has been similarly that's hard to say. Similarly injury riddled. Uh when we're talking Carson Wentz, and that is Devontae Freeman. Different position, obviously running back of the Atlanta Falcons, but has missed quite a few games over the last, uh, well, mostly last season. He did miss a couple games in 2017, but last year, a uh, kind of strange bevy of injuries with a groin uh, primarily and a surgery that ended up sending him to IR, and so he missed all but the first two games. Uh, and so I think we've kind of lost sight of how good Devontae Freeman was. So I'll let Betts touch on the injuries in a second. But let's just quickly look at how good this guy was in this offense over the few seasons before last year when he obviously missed the entirety of the season. Prior three seasons, so 2015 through 2017, he finished as the running backs 1, 6, and 14 in PPR. So no lower than 14 as high as the absolute number one overall best fantasy running back. Over that span, his 16-game average, so 
he missed two games in that last season, but if we just assume a 16-game average, 1,067 rushing yards, 58 catches for 482 receiving yards, don't get that lost, for a total of 1,549 scrimmage yards and 12 touchdowns per season on a 16-game pace. Average is that out. good? That, that bets is what we call hashtag very good. Oh, that is okay. top five, bottom of the super elite tier that now exists of those of those four guys that we know. He fits into that range when we look at these numbers. Now, the injuries obviously are a bit of a concern. He's a little bit older now, so maybe he doesn't quite get back to that efficiency. But I think we also need to make note of the fact that this defense last year was annihilated. They They're... So injury riddled, it was terrible, and they became one of the past happiest teams in the league, and it was just awful for the Falcons in general. They're going to be healthy this year, at least at the start, and that will mean that their defense will get back to very talented and I think very, very good. In fact, they're one of my favorite fantasy defense targets, if we want to talk fantasy defenses, which we don't. So let's just move right on. <laughs> but because and of that, <laughs> because of that, I think that Devontae Freeman can shoulder a larger load than we saw from Coleman and Ido Smith last year. And in case you've forgotten, Tevin Coleman is gone. Yeah. Which he's been a leech on Devontae Freeman for years. And Ido Smith is doo-doo. Or at least he was last year. So I don't I don't have any fear of Ido Smith stealing work from Devontae Freeman more than just a slight change of pace to give his nice legs a bit of a rest. And I think Devontae Freeman has the ability to be a top five running back. And if he stays healthy, cannot be worse than a top 15 running back. So on that health note, bets really quick. Give us a, 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 a tiny breakdown of what we can expect. Yeah, for sure. You you said it there. I mean, health is the question with this guy. No one questions the talent. No one questions his role. No one questions the offense. So I agree. He does have top five upside. But I am a little bit concerned about Devonta Freeman. Uh, the last couple of seasons, it just seems like things are kind of coming to uh, a breaking point for him with the foot injury and the groin surgery and two different knee injuries. Um the, the PCL injury from 2017 is really starting to uh, become a problem with recurring missed games. And the issue is he doesn't have a complete tear of the ligament, which sounds good, but it's not torn enough to have surgery. And so basically there's a little bit more, a little more wiggle, a little more loosey-goosey in, in his knee than someone else. And so he's more likely to have bone bruises um, and things of that nature. So I don't peg him to play 16 games this year. That's why I love Ido Smith in best ball. I think we get some starts out of him. But if he stays healthy, I can't argue with your bounce back candidate because obviously he's done it many times before. All right, Kate, let me throw it to you this way. Where do you have him ranked with injury risk built in? And what do you think is his ceiling? I have him ranked as my in half PPR. I've got him at 13. So I, I'm a very big Devonta Freeman believer and it, it mostly comes from the fact that we have seen this guy's ceiling as a pass catcher without mm. Tevin Coleman in that offense Crispy. before. And he has been the the RB1. Um, everybody wants to look for the upside in a pass catcher, and we have absolutely seen it from Devonta Freeman. When Tevin Coleman was less of a factor in that offense – um, you know, you didn't see Tevin Coleman be a big factor in the touchdown game. That that was all Devonta Freeman. But you did see him 
uh, like you said, leech some of those those targets, some of those receptions that um, really raises Freeman's floor. And you know what we saw out of like Todd Gurley last season? Not the same injury whatsoever, but if you're concerned about the durability of your running back, you know what they did with with uh, Todd Gurley? They, they had him run routes because he is a good pass catcher. If they utilized him more in the passing game because they're – they're a little bit more uh, frightened to maybe run him up the middle. Give me that all day. I, I would love to see that. I would love to see him use more in the passing game now that Tevin Coleman's out of town. Um, but I do like. I think his ceiling is literally like a, a RB six, RB seven. I, I can't see him finishing ahead of the elites if they're all healthy for the season. But I, I think the pass catching just it sells me absolutely if he's healthy. Yeah. Okay. Really quick, before I throw it back to you, Kate, for your next bounce back candidate, you just reminded me of something else. Which you were talking about what the Rams did with Todd Gurley. You know what the else the Rams did? They went out and re-signed Malcolm Brown, and they went out and traded up to draft Daryl Henderson in the third round. Yeah. You know what the Falcons did with their injury concern, quote unquote, running back? Nothing. They let Tevin Coleman walk, and they drafted Quadri Allison in like the fifth round. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, I think they're there. confident in him, and I they they've come out. The coaching staff has come out to say that that Freeman looks very confident, and they said that he looks back to his pre-injurious self. Is that a word? Mm. Injurious. Yes. It is now. It is now. It, I um, believe it is. They they've said that he looks to be Devonta Freeman, and I I think that's a good sign. I know it's coach speak season, and but when you're coming off an injury and your team doesn't make moves, I'm more inclined to believe the coach speak. Well, we have sold me successfully and I'm going to move him up some more. In my rankings. <laughs> We done good. <laughs> we done good. All right, let's bounce it back to you, Kate. You've got our first and actually only wide receiver on this list. You're welcome. Um, all right. You're up. Mr. Marvin Jones currently being drafted as the wide receiver. 36. Um, going at the end of the eighth round in half PPR formats. Um, he, he's been sort of out of our, our picture for a while, right? He had um, a knee injury. I think it was a, a knee bruise, a bone bruise last, last season that put him on the IR. Um, we we're hoping to see him after that occurred, but I think they just thought it would be better to shut him down. Um, it sounds like he had a cleanup procedure. Do we, do we know that, Betts? Did he have a, some sort of surgery? I think he did. Uh, yes, he did have a minor arthroscopic surgery. Okay. Um, which again, like Sony Michelle had that same arthroscopic or not, not probably the same, but he had, he had a cleanup procedure and although we're scared about him, it didn't, didn't quite drop him in, in our rankings that much, but we're looking at a guy with a target share that is averaged, um, let's see, 2015, 103 targets in Detroit, 2016, 103, man, that's consistency. 2017, 107 targets. His 2018 pace, 110 targets before he was injured. I want the volume, and this is an offense that has just vacated 192 targets, um, and we haven't even uh, cut that pass-catching running back in Theo Riddick yet. Ooh. I'm calling it now. Saucy. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I, I genuinely believe that we're going to be seeing more vacated targets by the end of the season. Golden Tate's out of town. And you know what? That offense very sorely missed 
Marvin Jones as the deep threat guy. Um, they needed somebody on the outside that can play like Marvin Jones. There was even rumors that Marvin Jones would be cut. I think that is absolute garbage and trash. He is... Codswallop. It is Codswallop. <laughs> he is a cheap, cheap, like NFL-wise, he's literally a cheap receiver who uh, is coming off of a thousand-yard season. I, I can't think of a cheaper guy who's coming off of that kind of season. I know he was injured. I just think the draft price, uh, he's going at the wide receiver 36. He was on pace to be the wide receiver, um, I think, 25 prior to being injured. Um, on pace for just under 1,000 yards last season. And we're just acting like this guy is nada. And I, I just think he's got more upside. I think he's got a floor, a, a safer floor than we give him credit for. I think we've seen the best of him. But I still think the the safe floor is there to be a great wide receiver three or wide receiver four for your team that just can help eke you by in those weeks where you need them. So this offense, I feel like, is one of the hardest for me to project because they have been, obviously with Matthew Stafford, one of the past happiest groups in the NFL for a long time. And now under Matt Patricia they appear to want to go another direction. It's certainly they've said they want to go another direction. But on the flip side of that, there's a lot of missing targets with Golden Tate gone. They brought in Danny Amendola, but listen, guys, Meh. Matt Patricia, you're not the Patriots. You don't have Tom Brady. This is not going to work. And besides that, Danny Amendola was never really even good for the Patriots from a production standpoint. He just caught balls when it mattered in the playoffs. Anyways, I am curious about this though, Kenny Galladay. If you're if you're big on Marvin Jones, are you less high on Kenny Galladay than the industry, or do you also love him? I'm I'm not very high on Kenny Galladay, I, but oh. I will say I I think um, at least for where he was last year, I don't think he was quite ready for that wide receiver one role. Okay. It does not mean that he can't assume that role. It might just be like. He was still a very young wide receiver. He might have just needed more time. I'm not done with Kenny Galladay, but when he's being drafted in like the third or fourth round, I'm out. Um, just because I haven't seen the the real upside, and I didn't see that he could really seem to carry that load on on his own. Um, but I do think Marvin Jones should only help Kenny Galladay. So if he is really healthy. I think that boosts Kenny Galladay and and raises his ceiling a bit because maybe Kenny Galladay is just not ready for the coverage. It's hard to say how he's going to develop through the off season, but eh, he's he's just an expensive question mark. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I was just going to say, you know, the the price tag the price tag for me doesn't make sense for Galladay. Um, I love Jones's price tag, and I will definitely go in on that for sure in drafts if I need a wide receiver three but I just Kate kind of talked about it I just don't know what it is about Galladay like I'm just not convinced yet that he is the answer to your fantasy team's wide receiver one role if you choose to go RB early I would be hesitant rolling out Galladay as my wide receiver one personally I actually don't disagree at all so you will get no Kenny Galladay love from the three of us sorry listeners not up in here like in the uh, third round you you yeah. might get like you, you might have an Amari Cooper fall to you, and Amari Cooper is a guy, although not a consistent guy, he definitely has the the boom to give you that wide receiver one upside. I just don't. I'd rather take that risk. I, uh, eh, yeah, 
<laughs> All right. So confident. I know. <laughs> really quick, before we move on to bets, Marvin Jones is going right next to Geronimo Allison, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Kate, Marvin Jones or Geronimo Allison? I will take Marvin Jones. Bets? Uh, that's tough. It is tough. I would... You don't get to have MVS. Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, then I would probably take uh, I would take Jones there. All right. Well, everyone knows I'm a Geronimo Allison lover, so I would take him, but... I do not disagree that you guys are on a right track with value there. All right, Betts, you've got another guy who I believe you see to be a screaming value. So I'll throw it over to you for your second, not just bounce back, but second bounce back quarterback. Second bounce back quarterback coming off of injury. Mm, uh, this is very unoriginal, Betts. This is the guy that wears uh, the nicest hats in the game. This guy rocks the fedoras. Oh, he rocks no. the amazing <laughs> post game press conference attire. Stop it. Uh, oh that is. <laughs> Kate loves this. That is Cam Newton, uh, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. For me, it's all about redraft versus dynasty. So what I mean by that is is for his specific injury, um, he is coming off of a shoulder surgery, which fortunately was not to repair any tissues, meaning the recovery is pretty straightforward. They go into the joint, they clean out a little bit of debris, um, and it's a pretty straightforward timeline for his recovery. This is not an Andrew Luck situation where a year ago we were all terrified of what could happen uh, to him, myself included. This is way different. He's going to be completely fine for training camp. He's already been throwing this offseason. So for me, in redraft, there are no concerns. Long-term in Dynasty, I, I definitely think Cam is not going to be playing like a Philip Rivers for the length of his career or even Tom Brady for that matter. Um, but again, this is redraft. I love his price. When you look at uh, what he is doing in terms of the early half of the season last year, before going on the injury report, which was week eight, he was quarterback four. So if he can bounce back to even 90% of what he was doing last year, he's an easy lock for a top eight or nine quarterback. And he's going in the 10th round. We've already talked about his weapons a lot, Okada, you and I, in mm. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and obviously the entire industry is Gaga over Mr. Biceps himself, Christian McCaffrey. So when you look at the weapons there, it's it's hard to really argue against Cam. I, I don't see how he's not a QB1 with the upside of a top three quarterback. So for me in the 10th round, give me that all day. Yeah, this might actually be his best weaponry that he's ever had. Uh, specifically with their ability to create yards after the catch in DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, all those guys you mentioned. I mean, since Steve Smith left, he's had nothing. His, his receiving core, the only thing worse than Cam Newton's receiving core since Steve Smith left was his stylist, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, um, Kate, that, Cam? We know you don't like his stylist. I How don't. do you feel about him in fantasy? Um, although I, I, I dislike his stylist, I dislike <laughs> his mannerisms. I don't like his personality. I think he is a, a poop head, um, <laughs> to put it kindly. Although I do hope he's maturing in his, his older years. I, I feel like we're, we're starting to see his attitude tame down a little bit. I'll give him a little bit of credit. The value is too much for me not to take. I literally used to not take him on principle, but... The upside is there. I do think the weapons are there. Oh, my God. I was watching some DJ Moore today. Holy Moses. That guy could be hit with a bulldozer and not be tackled. It does, like, it does not matter. 
what you hit that man with. You could hit him with a rock in the head, and I think he'd keep running. He is amazing. <laughs> He's um, like a running back out there. Oh, my, he looks absolutely incredible. It looks like you could um, like tie super or uh, like rub him in super glue, and I, I don't e- I don't even know where I was going with that, but like. <laughs> I, we'll run with it. We'll just take it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was going somewhere. I, I just feel like you can't take that guy down, which, um, you know, it, it, the good thing for fantasy is air yards are not a thing. It's it's receiving yards, right, that, that counts. So if your guy can, can keep it moving after he catches that ball and gets some yards after the catch, that counts for the quarterback, which is real nice. And I think he's got the weapons to do that. So I'm taking him. I got him in the... 13th round of a dynasty this year which is like even for a man i don't like that is ridiculous that's stealing right there it is it was it was in the the prime of the the negative nancy news but i i still feel like i got a bargain there and if if anybody is still unsure or nervous uh, go buy him he's a value do not disagree all right Throwing out my last bounce back, the last bounce back of all of us, actually. And it's going to be our first and only tight end because, you know, we like to bring spice. Spice it up a little bit. This is Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram was okay last year, but he missed several games, uh, five in total, actually, and ended up as a tight end 12 with less than 600 yards and only three touchdowns. So if you were popping off his rookie season and saying, I'm going to draft myself a top five tight end, you were not feeling good about what Evan Ingram did in 2018. However, things are going to change in 2019. Was that a Southern accent, Okada? Well, well, bets. It was, but I'll tell you one thing. It was not as good as Kate's. Oh, no. yeah. It, if you need any plug to listen to the Ball Blast podcast, it's literally my <laughs> southern accent. It is fantastic. Anyways, okay, so the main the main thing here, the main key to unlock the awesomeness of Evan Ingram is the disappearance of Odell Beckham Jr. All right, so they've played, uh, Evan Ingram has played quite a few games without OBJ in the lineup because OBJ is possibly the quietest injury-prone player in the entire league. He's missed more games than Sammy Watkins, just as an aside. Uh, But in games which OBJ missed in Evan Ingram's short two-year young tight end career, by the way, he has averaged 13.3 PPR fantasy points per game as opposed to less than nine without OBJ. And his 16-game paces... 76 receptions, 6 touchdowns on 125 targets with 945 receiving yards. The only tight ends that are going to outdo a stat line like that are the Elite 3. And that's pretty much the way I'm going to treat it in 2019. Evan Ingram is going to be the guy that I want right behind the Elite 3. If I can't get Kittle, Kelsey, or Ertz... I'm going to be looking at Evan Ingram. I also like O.J. Howard, but especially in PPR, Ingram is probably going to be the preferred guy. He is going to dominate in this offense that has very little at wide receiver, if not nothing. They've got a couple of 17 slot guys, none of whom are going to do (laughs) well in the red zone or get downfield targets. And they've got Saquon Barkley. So basically, everybody else on the roster can catch a ball six yards down the field, and that's it. Give me Evan Ingram down the seams. Give me Evan Ingram in the red zone. I could see him leading this team in every single receiving category except probably receptions, which I would give to Saquon Barkley, not even a wide receiver. Ow! 
So I'm all over it at the tight end position. Yes, please. Does anybody want to disagree strongly? I'll, I would like to disagree um, mildly. Yes. Oh, I, I wouldn't count? call it like a a strong disagreement, but I might do one of those like, mm. like a passive aggressive sort of. Oh, that's sassy. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I, I think um, my biggest reservation for Evan Ingram in general, like I know we saw it before. I know we saw the. Um, the target share. I think he's drafted pretty appropriately. Like, I don't think he's going too high. I think he's going right around where he will finish among other tight ends. But my only reservation is Daniel Jones because I think we're going to be seeing him next season, 2019. Does he mm. use everything? I like, I don't know. I, I don't know what that relationship's going to look like. I think we're going to see him sooner rather than later. Boom. That's definitely a fair concern. Yeah, for me, um, it's the offense that I'm not excited about. <laughs> I'll say it kindly. Uh, last season, 16th in the NFL in total points, and that was with Odo Beckham playing until the last month. So I don't know how they don't drop outside of the top 20, honestly, if they're a bottom 10 to 12 offense. I, I fear there's not going to be a lot of touchdown opportunity for him which i think could really elevate him if he had it and in that case i would i would love his price and i would love the fact that he would be um quote unquote the wide receiver one on his team um if you're willing to go in on the draft price yeah that's that's probably his like kate said that's about right i think so uh, i don't like drafting players at their ceiling and i think you're taking evan ingram where he could potentially finish and again at his ceiling not not a lot of upside in my opinion Ooh, ouch. Not a lot of upside bets. That hurts my feelings. Again, it was more of a passive-aggressive sort of situation here. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, Kata, we, we prefaced it. We said this is a mi- mild, moderate <laughs> disagreement. I'm not going to yell at you. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to make you feel uh, bad about this. it, though. I'm definitely going to make you feel bad about it, Okada. Don't you dare fi- draft Evan Ingram. Final point. When it boils down to it for me... If I'm looking at here's the guys that kind of bracket him at, at at these positions. Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins at receiver, Tariq Cohen at Darius Geis at running back in half point PPR ADP. Those guys, they they can produce, all right? They're going to be okay, but they're not going to be top half of the league at their position, which is what Evan Ingram's going to be. I'll I want to get a producer at tight end and I feel like he's one of the higher locks to be one. But I appreciate your passive aggressive sass. All right. We'll just have to find out. <laughs> so before we close this out, we're going to hit one mailbag question that we got from Kevin Galusha, a Patreon subscriber. So thank you, Kevin, because it's relevant to a lot of the discussion we've been having today regarding injury. And we have, as we have mentioned many times, and we'll mention again, the greatest injury expert in the entire fantasy community on this podcast. So, Beth, I'm going <laughs> to direct this one at you. Besides hamstrings, are there any other specific or general injuries that could occur in the offseason that should be huge red flags for redraft? Certain timelines associated with said injuries, maybe if they happen early enough in training camp, question mark, thanks, exclamation point. What do you have to say? Yeah, this is a great question from Kevin. So thank you so much for the question. Uh, There definitely are some that I get very worried about that are um, a concern early on in training camp. You already talked about the hamstring injuries, which are, are well documented at this point. 
Calf strains are a big one. Groin strains are also a big one. For the same reason as hamstring strains, the, the re-injury rates are, are so high um, and the injuries happen sooner the player gets back on the field and oftentimes these guys are trying to rush to get back for week one and that spells trouble early on in the season uh the other one that definitely comes to mind for me is any uh broken bone in the foot um whenever they put the the hardware in there to stabilize it the bone is not fully healed and guys are cleared sooner than the bone is actually healed to play because structurally it's sound because of the the hardware that's in there but the re-injury rates again are so high and that carries probably like a six to eight week timeline at that point you're halfway through your season so um those are definitely the biggest ones that come to mind for me and when i see those pop up i am definitely worried kate am i correct in saying that you're a nurse you are so not just left me feeling Okay, well, that makes you feel a little better. I was like, I'm sitting over here not knowing what diddly squat is being talked about <laughs> medical-wise with a nurse and a PT. Oh, boy. All right, we well, that, you, that, is, mm, that has been the second version, but for all you <laughs> listeners, the first and only version of this episode. We are extremely thankful, Kate, to have had you on not once but twice. Thank you for accommodating Thank you for forgiving me because I'm the one that screwed up your podcast, so... I hope, uh, no, nay, I know this This is the best version of this podcast Ooh, we're going to get. So true. It's certainly the best one the listeners get because the other one has disappeared yes. into the darkness. All right, before we close out, Kate, two things that I would like from you. Yes. Number one, I want to know your must-have this guy will not leave fantasy draft without this player player. And then I want to hear where our listeners can find and follow you, what you guys are up to at Ball Blast, where everyone should be looking for you and your work. Yes, absolutely. So my must grab, um, I've been talking about him a lot lately. So if you've heard it already, shut your ears or open them up and draft this dude, Robert Foster, right? Buffalo Bills wide receiver, um, undrafted free agent last season, right? Rookie year, weeks 9 through 16, Robert Foster ranked number two in yards per reception, number four in yards per route run, which is a great, great, insightful metric. Um, Number four in passer rating when targeted. I'm talking about like all wide receivers here, guys. He ranked number four in passer rating when targeted. Number 15 in receiving grade on uh, pro football focus among all wide receivers. His quarterback's overall passing rating was 67.9, right? It's not great. It's not, not, it's not good. good. Not the it's really best. Not. Um, his passer rating when targeted, 127.2. Literally double his normal quarterback passer rating. That's good. Like, that's, that's really good. That's yeah, really it's good. solid. It's pretty solid. Um, he ranked number four in fantasy points per touch out of players who saw at least 25% of their team snaps. And he's essentially going undrafted last or like this year, right? Um, just one game in that time span, I said weeks uh, 9 through 16, where he had either less than 50 yards uh, or not a touchdown. So, like, he gave you a, a nice floor for being a undrafted free agent, 16-game pace in the second half of the season, 80 targets, 57 receptions, uh, 1,168 yards. Give me that guy. The ceiling is mm. uh, tremendous for this kid. Um, bringing in some some veteran receivers I think can only help. I actually think Cole Beasley will um, 
do a little little something more in in Buffalo. I think John Brown can help open up things for Robert Foster. I think all things are going to be moving in Buffalo. Give me Robert Foster. He is free. Go draft him. No risk associated, which is what I love. Yeah, he was a uh, he was one of my favorite waiver ads last year because he helped me through the playoffs quite a bit. So I'm fully on board with him being good again. Absolutely, I, like I I love him. Like I said, he's free. I'm all about no risk guys, and he's one of those guys that I think has a wide receiver two upside, who's undrafted. You cannot beat that value. Um, oh, free! If if you want to hear more about Derrick Henry and Robert Foster, um. Obviously, Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast is the place to go. Um, we we talk about more guys. Don't worry. So I'll I'll mix it up a little bit more. <laughs> Mainly Rashad Penny. Mainly Rashad yes. Penny. That is my beautiful wife, Michelle. Uh, you can follow her at Ball Blast um, E M. Um, follow me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. Uh, you can get our our podcast. It's Ball Blast one word B A L L B L A S T. Um, search for it on all of the major platforms or on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you want us. Like I said, if we're not on your preferred platform, just yell at me. I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll fix it. I promise. Love it. Give us all right. a try. Yeah. Give them a try. Obviously, you're giving us a try if you're listening to these words right now. Heck so yeah. thank you. Give us both, both of these podcasts a rate and review. Listen. If you listen to these podcasts and you do not leave a rate and review, then you are only the second thing that is worse than Cam Newton's receiving core. Ooh, besides aggressive, aggressive. His I stylist. Love- <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, we love you, listeners. Thanks. Thanks, Kate, for coming on again. Thanks for having me, guys. And until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.